Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Lauren Brunswick. So today's topic, you guys, I get excited about all our topics. You want to know why? Because it's my podcast, and I only do things that I'm excited about. Um, So I'm excited about today's, but kind of nervous about it, too, because it's controversial. But first, I want to follow up on um, an episode that I did a couple weeks ago on compassion fatigue. Um, A lot of you really liked that episode. A lot of people reached out and said, like, thank you so much for covering this. Um, Some of you had heard of it. Some of you hadn't. Um, People said I laughed. I cried. Um, But just checking in on me in general, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. I... um, You know, I got aligned with this therapist on BetterHelp.com. The jury's still out. I don't know. You know, I think I'm, I would describe myself as a cynical, open-minded asshole. Um, Which, if you're like, wait a minute, that makes no sense. You're right. I will, it just takes a minute for me to like, not think someone's full of you know what. So as you can imagine, when my like therapist and I got off on like a really awkward uh, track where like she spelt my name wrong and did a bunch of stuff like online, I was like, hmm, you're dead to me. Kirby's like, just give her one chance and see. And you know, I don't know. I don't know. Does anybody have one meeting with a therapist and go like, oh my gosh, she sees straight into my soul? Like, I don't know. We'll see. I have a feeling what's going to end up happening is I'm going to be like, yep, I'm fine now. I don't need that. And then I'm going to quit. So, but I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Um, just being aware of what was happening with patients and how much I was taking that on is really helpful. And just going like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. People are people are people and people are broken right now. So before we jump into today's, we're going to do a listener highlight. This is from Curly Cairo, and she sent me a message saying, Hey, Lauren, I just finished listening to this week's podcast on compassion fatigue, and I love what you had to say about having unscheduled time as a form of self-care and the straw analogy. Thank you so much. Um, So what she's talking about was from this compassion fatigue episode, and um, I joked that Like for me, self-care for my mind isn't like everybody's like, oh, working out is so good for you. And I'm like, I take working out and turn it into like a thing. Um, So for me, I just need unscheduled time to kind of do creative or whatever, Um, not be on social media. Uh, That just is a time suck or TikTok. Oh, my God, you guys, TikTok might go away. (sighs) I'm not really on TikTok, but... I do LOL in the morning from bed. Kirby will be out like reading his Bible and meditating and I'm just laying in bed laughing. And he's like, are you on TikTok? And I'm like, yeah, you got to see this. Anyways, I'm kind of all over the place today. Anyway, so yeah, that's what she's talking about. And then um, if you want to know what she's talking about, the straw analogy, you got to go back and listen to the episode on compassion fatigue because that's a whole big conversation in itself. 
So um, also, if you are kind of down in the dumps and sick of stupid emails in your inbox and you are not on our weekly sleigh, um, I recommend that you sign up for that. So every week we send out a short, sometimes funny, sometimes deep um we call it a sleigh. And it's a short, inspirational, thought-provoking thing to just kind of open your mind, see things a little different, and maybe have a positive spin on life and maybe not take things so seriously. So if you are not getting the weekly sleigh, but you think you should be, first of all, check your spam. Second of all, make sure you use the right email address. So to the easiest way to sign up would be to go to my Instagram, she slays podcast and click the link in bio and you will see get the weekly slay so there you go if you're not getting them you're missing out i'm just kidding i hate people who sell things via fomo but they are good and you know you get to like interact with me a little bit so let's get to the question okay so our question um is on instagram and it says, hey, Dr. Lauren, I have a question for your podcast. I'm a fourth year Cairo student finishing up this year. I come from a Cairo background of mixer, I guess, uh, diversified and soft tissue work, etc. My school, however, is quite philosophical. As I am nearing graduation four months from now, I find it hard to know exactly how I'm going to practice when my personal philosophy doesn't align with the school. It's somewhere in between. I come from a kinesiology and sport background, like many Canadians, and want to incorporate that into my business but often get the vibe from straight Kairos that it is wrong. I have my own thoughts, morals, etc., and can stand for what I believe in, but it just seems so strange to me why our profession even argues about what's right or wrong when we're all qualified and our intention is to help. I guess I'm trying to ask, where do you start as a recent grad when you have a lot of seminars and other qualifications to get? Do you slowly implement them into practice? And I guess the big question of the whole profession or for now is why can't we all get along and let other Kairos do their thing, regardless if it's different than yours? So she also puts in, in parentheses as long as it's safe. So, OK, so today we are going to tackle the question of why can't we all get along and um. You know, <laughs> I've gotten this question like in four different ways, and it's why I'm going to fixate on the second part of like, what what's up with the mixers straight thing? Um, because that's the question that I, I kind of keep getting is and they're usually from students um, saying like, just I don't get it. Why is this a thing? I picture right now Kirby kind of cueing in the like, why can't we be friends song? Um, he's also probably telling me like, we don't have license to that and that's illegal to do. So he won't, but whatever. Um, so let's pray, uh, for those non Kairos, I will tell you, we're going to take this conversation way past the Cairo debate, um, because this is a much bigger, deeper issue. So hang in there. I think you'll learn something. You'll learn some drama about your like chiropractic profession, um, and uh, like I said, there's just a much bigger message. So let's pray first. Dear God, per usual, I take on controversial things that I know are going to be upsetting and possibly offensive. Um, forgive me for seeking drama. I'm sure that's, you know, an underlying cause in a lot of things for a lot of people of like what's going to get ratings and whatever this, um, but also just be with everyone listening. Help us in this bigger picture, view the kindness and love that can come out of this. Um, I believe that the bigger picture past chiropractic is what is the message that needs to be heard over and over again. Um, please tell all of my haters they can direct their hate mail to drbrunslick at gmail.com. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying a couple things. 
One, I do not identify as a straight versus mixer. Um, again, non-chiros, I'm going to get there just so you know, we're not talking about straight straight versus gay. This has nothing to do with sexual, sexual orientation. Um, and I do truly apologize for any assumptions. I don't mean to speak for any group of straights versus mixers. I think the schism is interesting. I don't think it's unique to our profession. Um, but I, anybody who's out there who boldly like declares that they're in a particular box of one or the other. And in my attempt to explain and soften and help sides see each other, I'm probably going to speak for you by accident. And you're probably, you might be like, well, I wouldn't agree with that. Um, and so I apologize. I don't mean to put words in anybody's mouth. Um, but I am very much both. So like I am very straight Cairo on some things and very mixer on some things. And the straight Cairos are going, so you're a mixer. I go, okay, I guess so. I don't know. But I have, you know, I have lots of really good Cairo friends that are very straight. So I don't know. I don't, I don't hate on anyone. Um, let's also say that this, let's not take this burden on. Like a lot of times when students write me, they're like, oh, why is chiropractic? Like, why can't we all just get along? And that's just not how it works. Like dentists have these issues, dietitians. I mean, let's look just, let's look at something completely different, like the diet industry. There are nutritionists who very, very adamantly believe that gluten and dairy is like the cause of all disease and illness and GI issues. All gallbladders could be, you know, saved. Appendix wouldn't burst. Like constipation would be a thing. And then there are nutritionists who believe that, you know, we absolutely need those things for, you know, for certain reasons. And so it's, it's not diff It's not unique to chiropractic that we have this. So we don't need to take that on. But let's talk about why did this happen. So you're going to get a little bit of a history lesson here. Um, and I'm going to throw <laughs> a lot of white male names at you. Um, shocking <laughs> that there is schism and debate and controversy and pointing and names and like decisiveness and divisiveness um, around the egos of white male doctors in the early 1900s. Shocking. Okay. So anyways, so where and why this started was really right from the get-go. So a lot of this information I'm pulling is from an article in the Journal of American uh, Medicine. I'll have Kirby put the link to the article in the notes below. Oh my gosh, this article, whether you are a chiropractor or not, whether you're straight or a mixer or you believe anything they say or not, it's like reading, it's like reading a, um, a drama, the way they describe like the, the split and the, this and the medical profession and they were sued. I, I honestly think that the article does a, a kind of a decent job of not making chiropractors bad or anything like that is just very, it's still very dramatic. So you should go read it. So basically this um, division started very early with uh, chiropractic's origin. So many of D.D. Palmer, you know, for those non-chiros, chiropractic's like, um, founding father, like inventor of chiropractic, discoverer of chiropractic. Um, so a lot of his initial disciples right away never adopted the premise of innate intelligence and rejected it as quote unquote religious baggage. Huh? Um, and so, I mean, just like, right? Dramatic. So Willard Carver, uh, he was one of the core group, like the founding core group. He thought that um, a physiological theory of nerves was good enough and that you didn't need to, quote unquote, buy into innate intelligence. John Howard 
came to chiropractic from a conventional medical background and in 1906 founded what became the National College of Chiropractic and was thinking of innate intelligence when he warned students not to dwindle or dwarf chiropractic by making a religion out of a technic. Um, so, oh, it goes on to say the first chair of what became the Council for Chiropractic Accreditation, oh my gosh, accreditation <laughs> called for scientific research and the abandonment of all cultist and vitalist principles, starting with that of the innate. Now, I told you that by probably by definition, I'm a mixer, but like, yo, that is offensive. Like anytime you start calling it like religious and um, that I need to abandon the idea of innate, I will march the streets with like my subluxation sign and like straights for life. Now, again, those non-chiros, I have a feeling that sign's not going to go over with the public who don't know what I'm talking about. But so again, even as I guess a mixer, I view a lot of that as very insulting. But when you are being put in a position of authority, and this is not this is not a race thing. This is not a gender thing. But when you are a representative and you are put in a position of authority, people want to, you to be very certain and tell them whether this is right or wrong. So this started to happen really early. Um, and, you know, again, just kind of for the non chiros in the room. Okay, so let's talk about the straights. What is a straight chiropractor? Um, <laughs> we'll give you the highlights of the debate. Uh, they view themselves as correct. They likely view themselves as pure heirs to the lineage of like D.D. Palmer. They really strongly root to like our origins and the founders back in 1895. Um, they have a much broader scope typically, this is all typically, um, a broader scope of what chiropractic can slash should help. Uh, they view subluxation as the cause, the number one cause of disease. And therefore, if chiropractic fixes subluxation and subluxation causes disease, then chiropractic adjust, the chiropractic adjustment is the only thing needed for disease prevention and healing. Um, they tend to view mixers as confused, sellouts, uh, diluting the message, hacks, medical wannabes, the P word when it comes to spreading the truth about chiropractic. Um, they capitalize TIC and TOR in chiropractic, which I now know what that means. Uh, wait, T oh shoot. TOR. Oh, I forgot. I think it was like back in episode 12 or 13. Kirby called me out that I didn't actually know. Chiropractic tick is teacher. Mm, nope, I lost it. Anyways, um, and the number one thing is a lot of times straights view mixers as the problem. The reason that chiropractic is not like the number one form of healthcare for everything, you know, a lot of times it's pointing to the other side. We'll get into the psychology of that. Now, mixers, on the other hand, um, tend to view themselves as more open-minded, uh, not a cult, um, helpful, like they're just providing services um, that their patients need. They view themselves as logical. They play well with others, um, that they're making chiropractic palatable by like trying to re... Uh, meet the medical community where they're at, meet society where they're at. They see subluxation often as one of multiple causes of disease. And um, therefore, or ironically, even though they tend to add in multiple things, homeopathy, acupuncture, physical therapy, supplements, um, all of that, that's what for the non-chiros, that's what a mixer is, is a chiropractor who does more than adjustments. Um, they tend to actually, even though they do more, straights, don't get mad. I'm not saying like more, whatever. They do more things in their office. They tend to actually have a narrower scope of chiropractic and um, what they view their role is in healthcare. Now, mixers tend to view straights as 
cultists, narrow-minded, naive, willfully ignorant to research, um, and shocking. Just like the straights view the mixers as the problem, mixers often look at the straight kairos and go, you're the problem. You're the reason we are not mainstream. So, so there you go. You're caught up on the debate for all you non-kairos listening that like we have these two, there's the idea there. We are sold this idea that there are two groups for us to choose from. And there's, there's the two groups. So I call bullshit that most of us easily fall into one of those. And I think that's where a lot of the questions come from. It, from like students is going like, wait a minute, I don't feel like I fit into either one of those boxes. Are these my only choices? Am I supposed to hate the other side? Like, I don't get it. Um, and I think we're lied to. I think we're lied to way outside of chiropractic. We're lied to within politics. We are lied to within religion that there are two sides, good and bad, right and wrong. Um, humankind naturally likes to declare things as good or bad. So the amazing Brene Brown has some things to contribute to this. You know, she says that anytime fear enters an equation, um, you know, and she really highlighted when I was listening to her podcast talking about when fear really entered modern day society because she was answering her questions on like fake news and all this. Um, she was talking about how like 9-11 is kind of if you're a white person in America who doesn't or, you know, and Christian. So you're not Muslim. You're not Jewish. You're not black. You're not a minority. You're not gay. Um you don't understand what like living in fear is like. So she goes on to talk about how 9-11 kind of broke that down for the very first time. And this is where we really started to see the media explode into uh, fake news or whatever. And she says that like, so fear enters and we as humans seek two things. I will note that neither of these two things is the truth. <laughs> Um, the two things are one, someone to blame for the problem and two, certainty. So when we talk about certainty, we talk, we have to bring up the idea that we are, again, this is way outside chiropractic. We have been trained to pay attention to the loudest most confident talker in the room. The person who is selling us certainty, because that's what we're seeking. Um, we don't like sitting in the gray area. In fact, within politics, flip-flopping is very negatively viewed. Um, so, you know, when we're saying like, why does this exist? Well, because we keep turning to the people who are saying, don't worry, I know the answer. Follow me. And we're trained to look at someone who's going like, I don't know. I'm not really sure the answer. I thought I was. And then I came across an article and it really opened my mind. We view them as soft and not a good leader. And when I'm saying this, you're going like, no. And it's like, okay, but yeah. So the whole good versus bad thing, um, let's talk about that. So it is natural for our brain to want to put things into the box of good and bad. So if I were to ask you, um, are you a good person or a bad person? Most of you, hopefully, would say, I am good. And I'd go, okay. So then I might say, you're a good person. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? And maybe you would say, I'm a Democrat. And I would say, okay. So then, you know, like you can take this further going like, okay, so is being a Democrat a good thing? Very few people, if you're a Democrat, all of us assume we are good people would go, yeah, well, then being a Democrat is good. So then what does that mean being a Republican is? Okay. And we're not going to believe me. I, I'm actually not, um, 
I, I, I'm a libertarian. You've probably heard Kirby and I talk about this. I got this because Kirby's libertarian and it makes sense when everybody's like, well, there has to be more than two options. There is. Look into it anyways. So, you know, if you, if we always identify as good, therefore what is something opposite to us has to be bad. Otherwise, you can't be good. If following Jesus is the only truth and, you know, being a Christian is the answer. I am good. I am a Christian. And all y'all are going to get really uncomfortable right now. And I'm about to say this, but like, so then if I asked you, is being a Jew good or bad? Most of you, most of us are not walking around saying that, but like our brain makes these connections on a subconscious level. Okay. So like what happens is, is very few of us, unless you realize, no, I'm not going to do that. I can be something and agree with it morally and view it as good. And I can view something completely opposite to me. And it does not have to be bad. So that is the first step in like being a good human on this where earth 101 is drop the lie that things are good or bad are right or wrong. You can be right. And somebody who is staunchly opposite you can also be right. You can be good and they can be good. You can also be bad on some things and you can learn and change your mind and become better. Like if, you know, when it comes up the race thing, like one of the biggest problems, I think that um, Britt Barron talked about this in our interview with race is one of the biggest first hurdles that white people have to get over is acknowledging that they might have done some racist stuff in their past. But the problem is, is that they don't view themselves as racist. They view themselves as a good person. A good person is not racist. So I cannot accept that I've ever done anything racist unintentionally, you know? And like, that's the big hurdle of getting over that. It's the big hurdle of getting over religious, like, things is the big hurdle. This is why it's so much bigger than like chiropractic, straights versus mixers and the schism, because it's like, it's a lie. It's a lie that it's an either or system, right or wrong, good or bad. So if we don't, so if we don't accept that lie, what happens is, is we make a stance against something. Okay. So especially the more put um, into a place of authority. So like, oh, what's the thing? Like, I don't have to tell you what is better, chocolate or vanilla ice cream. I don't have to because I don't have a position of authority. Now, if all of a sudden I start becoming a lobbyist for ice cream and somewhere along the lines, I am getting questioned, you know, eventually the question is going to come out, which is sold more, which is more, which is better. And I will have to make a decision of like, well, I guess vanilla makes more money, like whatever. Right. And so I have to, because the more up you come in a, in a situation or on a topic, people look to you and go, you're our leader now. So what am I supposed to think on things? And I just say to our leaders, you don't have to. And it's not a way to win an election. That's that's for shit and sure is that you you're going to lose if you are in a, an elected position and you take a soft approach of like but what if they're both good you think like no wouldn't people actually love that no they don't because you know what that is that's uncertainty and if there's anything we have learned during this time of covid is that people hate uncertainty I mean, this is, again, this is bigger than COVID. Like, we just don't like people not knowing. We're very, very uncomfortable by it. So Kirby, oh my gosh, was so excited when this topic, when I told him that I was going to talk about this question, because it aligned with a book. <sighs> Y'all, I love my husband so, so much. So much. He's amazing. He's literally the smartest person I have ever met in real life. 
but he's always reading a book. And so like sometimes I just drown him out a little bit. And so he was going, oh my gosh, as I was telling him like what my answer was going to be, he's like, oh, that reminds me so much of this book I just read on cognitive dissonance and self-justification. And um, instead, it seemed like really helpful information. So instead of me doing a crap job of reiterating it to you and paraphrasing, I am going to hand the mic over to Kirby Brunswick. I have given him a five minute stop clock for him to get on his soapbox and talk to you about cognitive dissonance and self-justification. Hello and welcome to a new segment I'm calling, I read a book about that with Kirby. So, as Lauren mentioned, I was super excited about this topic because I had just read a book called Mistakes Were Made, But Not By Me, and it's by Carol Tavris and Elliot Aronson. And I think you'll see where this dovetails really well with the, the subject of this episode and, and uh, what the stuff that Lauren's talking about, Straits First Mixers. So, the overall message of the book is on kind of the psychology of mistakes and taking responsibility and changing. Uh, it looks at both in the personal realm and then in like the bigger institutional realm, think like business, government, etc. But one of the key points and one um, that came into mind when, when we're talking about these issues of straight verse mixers and just kind of that, um, that polarizing of, of these decisions and, and as it stretches into society and politics is uh, the pyramid of choice is a concept that they talk about in the book. So stepping back a little bit, um, when we talk about admitting mistakes or, or making mistakes, we don't just admit them um, because it's uncomfortable. So we end up justifying it. And the reason it's uncomfortable is because there's cognitive dissonance, uh, which is when you have a discomfort when you're holding two conflicting ideas in your head. So for example, I view myself as a healthy person, but then I do something that doesn't mesh with that. I eat a whole bag of Doritos or I skip two days at the gym or whatever. That makes me uncomfortable because those two things don't match. So I then need to bring myself back into alignment. So I say, well, yesterday I did a really hard workout or I'm gonna be doing a cleanse next week or the average person only works out once a week. So actually I'm ahead of the game in general because I usually do three days a week or four days a week. So I actually had wiggle room to, to not do that. So you just have, you want to get yourself back into alignment um, so that you don't have to think of yourself as both a healthy person and an unhealthy person. Um, so back to the pyramid of choice. This is such a cool and interesting concept and I think you'll see it in your own life. So let's take the scenario of two almost identical people. You can even say it's the same person and they're going on alternate universes. But let's say they're, let's say they're twins, grew up exactly the same. They are good students, they're smart, they're used to getting good grades, they work hard, they don't cheat. They are taking an exam and are both completely blanking on a big question. This is like a, an essay question that could be the difference between like getting an A and getting a C and it like ruining their entire semester grade. They both have an opportunity to see something that will help them on this question. They are at the top of this pyramid together, side by side. One of them cheats, one of them doesn't and gets the bad grade. Now the justifying begins. So the cheater has to justify the action they took. They're a good person and they did this thing. So they have to legitimize what they did. So they go, everyone does it. I just did it that one time. I mean, in general, it's not even that big of a deal. Like, the overall course, the objective is to learn the material. And I generally did that. So cheating is just this little side thing that doesn't really matter. People who are hard nosed about cheating are just prudes and they really need to chill out. Yeah. In fact, anyone who has like a, I never cheat is bullshit and I don't even want to be around them. The non cheater also has justification to do because they have this conflict that they're a smart person, but then they got a really bad grade. So they need to double down on their morality. The morality becomes the most important thing to do to them. They took a true and right stand and they suffered for it. So now and now they need to marry that in their in their head that that cheating is super wrong and that it's worth sacrificing for. Anyone who cheats even a little is now a morally bankrupt person. So as you've seen with this justification over time, they've slid down the pyramid. So when they were at the top and they were side by side and they were so close, they made one little decision 
and that snowballs into them sliding down the sides of the pyramid on opposite sides and now they are so so far apart so do you see where this can have application where this applies to so many things politics chiropractors fighting with each other marriages these are big things that we all can start so close together and with very very similar personalities and then we make a decision and we take some action based on that decision and I'm, it doesn't even have to be a moral decision it can be you know republican democrat it can be straight mixer but once you've invested a little bit in that you then are that person and you have to justify more and more and more and you're farther and farther apart from someone who at the beginning may have been just like you made one decision or said one thing differently than you but then they need to continually justify that so there's so much more in the book. It's really great. Mistakes were made, but not by me. I can't recommend it enough. Um, they have way bigger and better points later in the book, too, uh, about institutional stuff. But I just loved this and thought that this applied so much to this episode. So back to Lauren. I think I went over my time. Don't tell her. She never actually listens to the episodes once they're edited. So she doesn't know. Bye. Okie dokie, that's enough. Uh, hopefully you learned something. I'm sure he was great. He's so good. Um, but, you know, with this, with this, what do we do about it, okay? Well, we're not going to solve it. That's the big thing is like, stop thinking that we're going to solve it. Um, when it comes to all arenas, be aware that this attachment to identity is... It's a dangerous place. Um, there is this uh, Ramadas. I do listen to him sometimes, Kirby. So he's telling me at lunch that um, over-identification of anything is a prison. It's this Ramadas quote. And he was saying, Ramadas, he's this, I don't know, what is he, Kirby? A theologian, a philosopher. He's famous for his opinions on shit. Anyways, he was a vegetarian for years until he realized that he identified as a vegetarian um, and likely that like stroked some part of his ego. And so he like forced himself to eat a hamburger just because he realized how much he was attaching to that identity. So what happens, you know, why the students are writing and why not the chiropractors are writing is because we kind of get forced into like, what are you? What side are you going to pick? Are you going to be straight and be true to the message? And like, you feel like you're rooting for like the home team here. And like, again, I like the, the description in this Journal of American Medicine article talks about straights viewing themselves as heirs to the lineage. Like, you know, are you going to be on that team? Or are you going to be diluted? Are you, you know, and it's just like, oh man, okay, so those are my options. Um, so then let's say you pick one. Well then, you know, and how this happens is not in like, in this like public hearing. It starts with opening your practice and go like, how are you going to set it up? Are you going to have supplements? Are you going to have a therapy bay? Are you going to do petty bond exercises? Like, what are you going to do? And you don't realize that you're making these decisions that are going to put you into one box or another, but you most of the time subconsciously make this decision. You're not going to have therapy. You're not going to have x-ray. You're not going to have, you know, supplements. And then all of a sudden you go like, oh, I'm straight. I'm a straight chiropractor. And a lot of this comes because you probably follow some guru that you've put on this pedestal. And they consider themselves straight and call everyone else a P word for, um, you know, having electric muscle stim or ultrasound in their office. Um, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, I that person is my mentor and they're very opinionated and certain that that person over there is wrong. So I will identify as that. And then you seek to continue to validate that decision. So you seek to look over things that, you know, you don't um, realize the person who you couldn't fix their shoulder until physical therapy exercises came in. You kind of like breeze over that and really only focus on the person who has, you know, tried everything in medicine and it wasn't until they had their atlas adjusted that everything changed. And so you just continue to really keep these blinders on. 
of like, this proves that I made the right decision. And that's how we go through life once we are forced to decide like which bucket are you in is our perception of reality gets completely shifted and we only perceive things that support our belief system as truth. And then we view all the other things that continue to support um, by being bad, like, you know, some chiropractor, some hack who, you know, was selling fat loss went bankrupt and you're like see you're a hack you're the you know and so we only view those things through our blinders to continue to support the message that we continue to prove or vice versa you know like a mixer might view some purist chiropractor on the media who goes viral saying something quote unquote crazy and is disruptive to the chiropractic message you know we go like that's the problem everybody pointing that's the problem that's the problem so <laughs> we just need to learn. I laugh because I have written down learn to sit in tension as if that is a just all we need to do, guys, is be comfortable refusing to be put into a box because like that's easy. Um, you know, it's not. You know, it's not in everything in your life. You know, again, whether you're a chiropractor or not, I guarantee you there are so many aspects in your life that you have been given an either or. You're a Christian or not. You are straight or not. You are, you know, like you are gay or not. Like we just got okay with gay and then like, oh, question mark. And like, what's that? Like, you know, like we just need to figure out how to be like maybe things aren't black and white and maybe I need to stop trying to force politics religion sexuality um chiropractic into a box of what I think it needs to be maybe you know maybe we're not going to find a solution and maybe the solution is to stop seeking the solution to this perceived fight to this lie that we've been told that one side is right and one side is wrong. Maybe that's the solution of going, they're both right. Um, you know, because we're not going to come to a conclusion. I mean, it's just not going to happen. There is no way that you are going to get every chiropractor on board to agree on anything. It, like, it's so stupid, right? But like, again, this is outside of our profession as well. Within cosmetology, there are truths that like basic truths that should be okay that people don't agree on. Um, there are chiropractors that don't believe pediatric chiropractic is okay. Like, to me, that's like one of the most shocking things in the world. I'm, okay, so kind of back to the beginning of this episode where I was like, dear God, forgive me for wanting to take on controversial topics. I just had this idea, you guys, what if I had, no, I'm not going to do this because I would end up looking like an asshat and get mad and like break my computer. Um, but like, what if I had a chiropractor on to try and explain to me why they think pediatric chiropractic is not okay? Oh yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. But like, that's the like controversial thought that went through my head of like, oh, girl riot. Sometimes I just seek seek controversy damn it all right anyways so the whole point is like bleh, we're not gonna come to that maybe we the conclusion is we need to let people choose for themselves um i will say that both sides are pointing to the other saying you're the problem that chiropractic isn't more mainstream and they each have their own reasons for it and i think that United chiropractic may not mean we all agree, um, but that we're, we're believing that chiropractic can help people. Like, I think, I think that is the thing that we can agree on, that chiropractic can help people and is underutilized. We'll say that. Um, everything else, people are just going to have to decide for themselves. So if you get anything from this episode students or people out there, maybe you have been in practice 10 years and you've identified as a straight chiropractor up until now and you'd like to get into cold laser. This is your permission to say, I am not going to be put in a box. I am not going to live my purposeful career 
based on other people's rigid walls of how I define myself. This is your permission to refuse being put into a box. Students out there, I don't care what school you go to. I went to a very mixer school, um, and I kind of wish there would have been a lot. I, I do wish. I really, really wish there would have been more purist philosophy in it. Um, but, like, those graduating, whether you go to Palmer and are very philosophical straight or, you know, maybe you're a mixer at Palmer. Maybe you're a straight at a mixer school. Whatever it is, I give you permission to not need to decide. You do not have to pick up one of those. Nowhere when I graduated did I have to, like, put in writing what kind of chiropractor I was going to be. You have to, I mean, I did have to put in writing that I was not going to show up to work, um, with drugs or alcohol in my system, and that I was not going to sexually harass patients. That I did have to put in writing. So you do have to put that in writing. But other than that, like, refuse any of your mentors, your gurus, um, your school putting limits on your purpose. I believe that, you know, you have permission to feel free to provide more than chiropractic within your four walls. I believe that you have permission to use your life experience and passion as a sign that God wants you to impact people. So what does that mean to me? That means that if you are feeling that like the idea of a subluxation needs to get out there, you're being called to do that. Go do it. If you are being called to talk about you know, non-surgical exercises for blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Whatever that is, do it. I believe that like that is your calling. And we each have the idea that each of us would be pulled to this profession for one such rigid thing. It's just, it's just kind of ludicrous. So realize, you know, I've said it before that I think I could have had an impact being an orthodontist. So like you can be called to chiropractic and make an impact within chiropractic. And I don't think God has like really rigid guidelines on how that's going to show up. So take some pressure off yourself. So there you go. We solved uh, the great debate. Um, we all just need to love each other. Why can't we be friends? Um, we're working there. We are working there to answer kind of the first part of the question in a nutshell. Where you start is start simple and with things that excite you. Um, don't overload your patients. Don't overcomplicate things in the beginning. That doesn't mean that you just need to have chiropractic, but it does mean that if nothing other than chiropractic excites you right now, then don't have it because your career is going to be long. Like you've got a whole years and years ahead of you that you can get excited about stuff. So go to things that are exciting. Don't go to anything that's not exciting, except for the ones that you legally have to go to. Um, and then three years from now, be willing to like burn that straw man of your identity of who you are as a chiropractor because you went to a new seminar and got excited about something. My technique um, has continued to evolve. You know, when I first graduated, I really put my ICPA status, my pediatric training on this like pedestal of like, I am I, like, I am this kind of chiropractor. And that means I do this and I don't do that. And things that like spokespeople for the ICPA would like really be like, well, if they said it. And now I realize that like, I'm a I'm a pediatric chiropractor because I'm a chiropractor who's been trained in lots of different techniques for pediatric. I work well with kids. I diagnose kids well. I help them. And I can use lots of different things, whether that's okay with any of the pediatric gurus, as long as it's legal and safe. Um, and that's okay. That does not make me not a pediatric chiropractor. And as I get excited, if I get excited about... You know, the thing I pick on, you know, if I, if I get excited about essential oils, F you. That doesn't mean that I'm a mixer. It doesn't mean I'm not straight. It means that I am continuing to pursue passion 
and learn and bring things in. And then when they don't serve me or my patients or my clinic anymore, it's okay to let them go. Like let things come and go. As things come, don't hold on to them. Be willing to be like, eh, not for me and let it go. Let things, new things come, be like totally for me for right now. So there's your permission. Um, but ultimately, whatever you are feeling called to do, focus down and in your community. Uh, most of our communities don't know or care about the big chiropractic schism. For real, though, go read that article. It's really funny. It's not funny. It's dramatic. Um, we're like a soap opera. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I guess there you go. I solved it. I solved the problem, you guys. I love you. I truly am sorry if anybody got offended in this, any Kairos out there listening. Um, I would love to get coffee with you. And I don't think you're wrong. Honestly, as long as you're doing safe and whatever stuff, like, I don't think you're wrong. I think the only the only time that something's not wrong is when you're pointing at someone else and saying they're the problem and you have the ultimate truth. So let's, we can just keep an open mind and respect each other. I'm not ever going to make you practice my way. That's like, that's not how, like, that's like, <laughs> it's almost like that's what we think is going to happen is if I agree, if I'm okay with how you practice, that like somehow, like the chiropractic gods are going to come down and be like, therefore, now we've all decided that everyone has to be mixer. And it's like, no, I can, I can see what you do and go, that's cool. Not for my practice right now. Anyways, maybe in five years, maybe not ever. So there we go. Great debate. Mixers versus straights solved. Love you all. Talk to you next week. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCAD because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.